Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wade. This is Tom. Hey, Tom. Welcome back. You know, I've I've missed Tom for a good long while. We had a Tom on the show before? Oh, yeah, Tom. You remember Tom. He was that guy who's ragey red Tom. He was a guy who who always had a perspective. It was Tom. (laughs) Always had a perspective. As opposed to the rest of us with no opinion whatsoever. (laughs) None whatsoever. I heard that guy was edgy. Oh, not not Jonathan 1. No, no. (laughs) Not Jonathan 2 either. 100% less blue waffle. (laughs) Actually, if I recall, Tom, well, not Tom. We had someone named Tim before. Tim, that doesn't sound right. Uh, Oh, that's what my name badge says. (laughs) <laughs> it's well, clearly well, a typo. Welcome back, Tom, Tim, Ted, whatever your name is. Well, he's, he's that, clearly, clearly, you have been missed. Yeah, the guy that played the pocket square. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I, I so, just want to go on record before Tom tells us where he's been and, and presents his hall pass. Uh, I want to say it's a holiday weekend, Paul, and I think you know what that means. The beatings. Are we going to beat oh. it with a sock full of soap? Well, that, that, that. The plus the alcohol, lots and lots of there, alcohol. There is whiskey in my coffee. Has been since five years. <laughs> oh, nice. Just saying. <laughs> uh, in my head, Aaron was driving a minivan to the song Holiday Road, but that, just, <laughs> that might have just been me. <laughs> okay, you know, Tommy, tell us where it, you've been. Well, you know, much like Paul had said or before we started, I, I stepped on my headphones and that was the end of them. And uh, was it in a fit of know, rage? It wasn't. It was in a. It was in a fit of stupidity. Ah. And um, much like most things in my life, and uh, you know, it just sort of happened that I was like, I could, yeah, I got to spend money to get them fixed. I don't have it right now. And then I'm, and it was kind of at a point where I was like, you know, I don't really like a goddamn book I'm reading. <laughs> So I sort of fell out of love with comics for a little while. And, you know, that happens a lot with hobbies. You know, you're especially this hobby, because, guys, we get together at, you know, every week, every other week, minimum, to talk about these things. And if you're not loving it, it's very tough to do. Um, but so I uh, I came back much, much like probably our listeners i came back because i like hanging out with you guys more than more more than i uh, had love for the comic books but i had to go back to the physical store because i'm a heathen unlike you guys i still have to get the physical books and uh so i have a pull box waiting for me yeah that's what i was about to ask did you have a pull box just waiting for you brimming over with months of comics oh it's terrible so yeah see that's so, when you uh, just got to start a relationship with a new comic shop man <laughs> you leave that guy <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> I gave it some thought but here's here's what I, I i found a middle ground so what i did um the way that the comic shop is set up is that the pull boxes are kind of like like under the stairs right and and like it's out in the open because their their register is kind of in the middle and so I, uh, I I snuck in and I, I noticed that that the the person at the register was not paying attention to my area, so I went into the the pull box section. And I started flipping through and I'm like, I don't want to read all eight, 18 issues of Batman. So I uh, no, you don't. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I did see one with spoiler on the cover, so I'm like, I'll ah, keep that one. 
just for Wayne. And so what I did was I, I grabbed him and I looked and I saw someone else's pull box who was also in the same situation. I just kind of stuck him in the middle. <laughs> oh, damn. I, I thought you were going to put it back on the shelf. That's even funnier. This story went horribly awry. <laughs> I didn't get rid of, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't trim all of them. I feel like I need to, to uh, next week, sprinkle in some more in a different box. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a thirty dollar uh, day at the comic book store, and that box is still about half full. Okay. Did you update your list so they quit putting more of those books in? No, that required human interaction. I didn't really want to do that at the time. <laughs> um, and, and to be honest, I don't know what I still want because you know I was actually enjoying Shazam, so I'm like, okay, well, let me catch back up a little bit with that and um well you have a little break on shazam because they're like super delayed on the next issue yeah i I think i only saw one in there and i an identity crisis or not identity crisis the the one in the cornfield with wally west was no heroes in crisis so how long how long have you been gone uh tim uh six months so six months so you haven't yet missed an issue of doomsday clock so (laughs) you know there was one in there (laughs) <laughs> it, it was it was the week after he stopped going. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, out of curiosity, have you been listening to us rant about these books? Yeah, for the most part. For the most part, <laughs> Wayne putting you on the spot. <laughs> I would have been like, "Fuck no." <laughs> no, I've I've you know I I've been listening to probably the last three or four episodes. There's a there's a couple I missed, but uh, just. But yeah, I've, I've been listening, and one of the things that we we talked about, we're going to talk about, is House of X, and I was really interested based on the last couple of conversations. So I was like, I want to get it, but like I already spent thirty dollars, so I better like pull the reins back a little. So I got a couple ones that I knew that people were really jazzed about um, this week, and uh, I, I gave them thirty dollars, which is kind of a, a halfway apology for what I did to the to the the pull boxes, and I, I, I skedaddled out of there as fast as I possibly could. Well, you know, you you, you left what uh, you know at least forty five dollars worth of Batman in their in their in their box, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy won't notice because that guy yeah, looked well, like he had, had a two hundred dollar bill sitting there, and I'm like, ah, screw you. <laughs> and in, in all fairness, boy, those are some suck ass issues. About yeah, <laughs> and and you know. If you read comics digitally, Tim, after six months worth of books, that shit would be ninety nine cents each. That's right. Well, in my head, in my head, I'm like, you don't have to do the walk of shame if all you do is unclick it in the in the in your uh, cart. Uh Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) We're gonna start a, a Patreon or a GoFundMe to get you an iPad. It's been a long time since I've had a a a pull list at a brick and mortar comic shop, but. Back when my wife and I got married, uh, there was a, a period of about uh, six, eight months where money was really tight and I had to give up comics for a while. And I, like a horrible human being, I didn't let my comic book shop know that uh, I, I was foregoing comics for a while. So they just kept building my my box for eight months. Nice. And and I mean, I get this call. Hey, you you coming in to get these books? And I mean, there is a level of absurdity when your customer who is there every Wednesday all of a sudden disappears. 
seems to me like you'd go, you know, it's been four weeks since uh, Mr. Head's been here. We probably should stop putting comics in this box. Apparently not. And I mean, I, I was so embarrassed by that. I mean, I, I just I, I, I never went back. I never went back. I have not set foot in that store in 19 years. <laughs> did you? <laughs> because uh, I was so embarrassed by that. Did, did you buy your eight months worth of comics? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. Yeah. I bought See, them in bargain, bargain bins at a different shop. <laughs> <laughs> See, I had a break as a teenager and uh, I did eventually go back, but I'd been gone long enough that they had taken the pool and just put everything back out. Who doesn't so have I, a break as a teenager, though? I had that shame, the walk of shame, but it wasn't – I didn't have to worry about the books being backed up. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I still feel really guilty about that, you know, that I didn't have the decency to say, hey, I'm, I'm not coming back. You know, it's going to be a while. Just, you know, I'll start a new list when, when I come back. And this was a comic shop that would – I would say, OK, like I want Fantastic Four, right, for my pull list. And they would give me everything with Fantastic Four, right? So if Ben yeah. Grimm guest starred over in Defenders or something, that would be in my box too. And you, know, you, I'd have to do this. I didn't ask for this. Why is it? Oh, well, you like Fantastic Four, so we saved it for you. Yeah, well, I don't want that. You know, they were oh, good well, guys. It starts degrading were, money as soon as it leaves. As soon as it, as soon as it goes it, into your box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, but I, the they were really good guys, but they were always also trying the suggestive sale, and uh, like I said, I, I feel bad about that still. Not enough to go back and apologize to them. But uh, <laughs> you know what would help with that, Gil Taren? <laughs> huh. a, a little bit more rum in your coffee. A little bit, and it's not rum; it's rye whiskey. Oh, uh, even it's better. Te- Texas strong. Coletto Creek rye whiskey. <laughs> nice. Do you Just think nice. they have a long box dedicated to you that they're still pulling shit for 19 years later? <laughs> no, but I think my liquor store has a long box for me that they just put liquor in. Yeah. Okay. They're like, well, he likes rye whiskey, so we're just going to save all kinds of rye whiskey. All yeah, all the, the Texas uh, distilled rye whiskey they just put in a box for But me. for some reason, go, Mr. Aaron doesn't complain about that one. Not at all. Not at all. I appreciate that they just, you know, they're, they're just saying little silent prayers for me that my liver holds out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we missed a week last week. I mean, yeah, Tim, what the hell, Paul? Well, what the hell? That I, was on you. That was, was on you. It was. It was. Uh, because Wayne and I are not going to get together and do a show and have to put together our own show notes. That is not going to happen. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Wayne and I were just recording on our own, it'd be a whole lot of... Uh, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. I don't, what do we Let, talk about? Let's talk about crypto for an hour. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I would listen to that. That's a good idea, Wayne. We should do that. <laughs> well, I'm out of town next weekend in theory, so there you go. <laughs> crypto with Aaron and Wayne. That's right. I like it. And Tom. Don't forget Tom. Oh, Tom um, wants to talk I'm about crypto. I'm out on crypto. <laughs> <laughs> I was in California last week. I went to Disneyland, and I went to the D23 Expo. And every time I say D23 Expo, everyone asks what that is. It's the official Disney fan convention. And because Disney owns everything, it ends up being Marvel, um, Star Wars, uh, National Geographic, because they own that too, Hulu. uh, Disney Plus was a big presence there. ESPN? ESPN, yep. So it like all of those are represented either on the convention floor or in the panels or, you know, somewhere. And it's not just media, right? It's also theme parks. It's also cruise lines. It's also hotels. It's literally everything Disney. 
is their focus on Marvel there uh, just limited to like MCU and television, or does it also include their print media? They had a, an 80th anniversary panel uh-huh. um, that had C.B. Sobolski and uh, I think it was Tom Brevert. Uh, and they gave away D23 exclusive versions of Marvel Comics 1000. And I didn't go to the panel, but I wish I had because people are selling that comic for like a couple hundred dollars on eBay. Oh, Paul. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. Because <laughs> uh, I would have sold that shit in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> if it says exclusive and you can only get it at a convention, it's going to go for a lot of money for a very short time. Well, and it was free on top of it. They just handed it out to you if you went to the panel, which I didn't know. You don't know those things. and You know, you typically don't know if you're going to get something until you're in the panel. Um, so on, I'll talk a little bit about the expo. So I went to the Disney Plus panel. Uh, Disney Plus is new, Disney's new streaming service that starts in November. It's going to have The Mandalorian. Um, and they had a whole bunch of people come to that panel. They had Anna Kendrick. They had Jeff Goldblum. They had uh, Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie and Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany and um, a whole bunch of Marvel folks were at that panel. Kevin Feige was there. Um you know, Paul, I watched some coverage of that, and I have to say, surprisingly, one of the shows I'm most excited about is uh, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, yeah, that was, I mean, it was, I, I saw him a couple times at the convention, actually. He's 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 as quirky in real life as you would imagine. <laughs> it, I don't think it's an act. Um, but what was cool about the Disney Plus panel, in addition to handing out free Disney Plus hats, and I think we got some type of pin or something after it, too, um... Oh, yeah, we got an Avengers pin uh, that says, We Love You 3000. Uh, but they announced some new TV shows that are coming to Disney+. Plus. Uh, they announced She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, and Moon Knight are also on the docket for Disney Plus shows. So they've got like two or three years worth of Disney Plus shows planned. I am super excited about Moon Knight. Just the possibility of <laughs> Moon Knight. You know, the, the Marvel version of Batman, I am, I'm really excited about that. I am super excited about She-Hulk. Just the uh, the idea of because especially because they talk about her as a lawyer, and that's what I need it to be. I need it to be a She-Hulk lawyer show, right? I, I need it not to be you know Bill Bixby, uh, you know a lady Bill Bixby, you know fleeing from uh, you know being a superhero fugitive. I need it to be straight on, you know, her superheroing by night, lawyer by day. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's the impression they gave. They didn't do that. They, yeah. you know, they showed Lady Justice in the uh, in the the brief teaser that they showed at the convention. So I do think it's going to, you know, deal with She Hulk being a lawyer. Yeah, um, I'm I'm excited about that. But man, Moon Knight's really got yeah. me. I just fuck. I can't wait. I, I, you know, all like the minute they announced it, I'm like, don't fuck this up, Disney. Right. Well, the thing is, <laughs> the only thing I would say is that because Disney, Disney Plus, Disney owns Disney Plus and has a majority stake in Hulu. So they basically right. own Hulu as well. So the types of shows that you got on Netflix, the more adult type stuff like Daredevil, Luke Cage, that kind of stuff, that's going to end up on Hulu. The stuff that's on Disney Plus is going to be more along the lines of what you get in the movies, like more, more PG-13 yeah. type fare. More of a uh, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of kind of look. Uh, yeah, think? I mean, I think they pretty much don't acknowledge Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. if they can, if they can avoid it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, like they, they, they really don't acknowledge it in the movies or any of the other shows, but yeah, I would say it's more along the lines of family friendly entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's why well, Ghost Rider is going to Hulu, but some of these others are going to Disney+. Plus. I would think, you know, if you're doing Moon Knight right, Moon Knight should be dark. You know, it shouldn't be a family-friendly sort of... I mean, I'm not saying that it's, you know, it should be murdering babies, but... Uh, but he should be murdering babies. But given that it's a psychological thriller in a lot of ways... Mm-hmm. Um, I, it doesn't strike me as, uh, you know, Disney family. Yeah, I, know? I don't disagree. So it's an interesting choice for Disney Plus. And, but regardless, I'm, I'm super excited they're doing a Moon Knight thing. I yeah. really am. I would almost prefer it as a movie than a TV show. But, you know, I, you know, I like the idea of it as a TV show because you're going to get – it gives you the opportunity – Right. For uh, more backstory, more character development than you typically get in a Batman film. True. Don't get me wrong. The last three Batman movies were terrific, but this gives you the ability to you know, develop his supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know that we're going to you know, spend a lot of time with uh, what is his uh, his uh, arch nemesis Bushmaster. Uh, is that right? Bushmaster. Um but, you know, maybe we get to move past some of that as well and, you know, really develop some of some of that those next level characters. I I'm super excited. I, I love the idea of seeing the Marvel Batman. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that. I love Mark Spector. And, and I can't agree that the last three Batmans were good, depending which movies you're talking about. If we ignore Batman versus Superman, well, I'm talking that, about the, the Chris Nolan films. Yeah. Two out of three were good. Ah. Three was just horrible. <laughs> I liked all of them. And I love Batman vs. Superman. But, um, so, you know, we got some free shit at that panel. And then on Sunday, they had... A- I love how he says we. Yeah. Wayne, you get anything from this panel? <laughs> Me nope, and the other I attendees. Hey, Tom, Tom, did you get anything from this panel? <laughs> I'm sure it's in the mail. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Along with your business cards, right? Right. <laughs> Well, he's going to give us all this stuff at Mankind. Well, true, because it's free shit that I don't want. Um, (laughs) So uh, Sunday uh, was the Disney Parks panel. So it was like Disney Parks and hotels and cruises and all that stuff. And they talked a lot about um, stuff that's coming to Star Wars land or Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And they're also building a new Marvel-like area of the parks out in California. And they showed uh, a lot of stuff from... The new Spider-Man ride, and apparently there's a new Avengers ride in which you'll ride in a Quinjet, and um, they're going to have meet and greets with Doctor Strange in the Sanctum, and all sorts of cool stuff that's coming out out there, and I'm really excited about that. Based on, you know, I went to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge while I was out there in in Disneyland, Uh and it's amazing. It's freaking amazing. So you got to fly the Millennium Falcon. I did, twice. So let me ask you this. Were you actually in the pilot seat or were you in one of the bitch seats behind? I was in the pilot seat the first time and I was in the gunner seat the second time. Okay, so this is something that's been really on my mind since they opened up Galaxy's Edge. Yes. How does it work? How do you ensure that you get to be in the pilot seat when you ride? Uh, be in the front of the line. Be in the front of the so, choices, basically. So it's it's line placement. It's line placement. It's it's not like you get to say, "Hey, I need to I need to fly this bird." You can suggest and, it, or you you know, if you go with a group of people, you can certainly trade places. Right. Um, so there's two. But pilots, if you're in line with a bunch of other random people, you're you're going to be fighting for that. Yeah. Um, so there are two there are two pilots. Um, there's I, I guess two gunners and two engineers, so they can have up to six people. 
in the cockpit. Um, but if you want to be a pilot, you know, there's it, there's either a left or right pilot, like a pilot that goes left or right, or a pilot that goes up and down. Um, I think I was the up and down pilot, and, but the up and down pilot also gets to uh, put the ship into hyperdrive. Mm. Yeah. yeah, if you're the pilot on the right, you have to be seven feet tall to take the switches. <laughs> <laughs> and it is it is an amazing experience. I flew the Millennium Falcon. I created a lightsaber. I had drinks in the cantina. So you brought a lightsaber home? I did. I have not seen pictures of this on your Instagram. I should take a picture of it. There's a, oh. Well, maybe if you watched my video, Aaron. Yeah, I don't watch your shit. Clearly. <laughs> um, Hopefully you didn't try to take a cantina drink with you back home because uh, the TSA isn't allowing those on the planes. <laughs> well, I did take a cantina uh, tiki mug home with me. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know if you guys saw the, that article, but they have uh, Coke bottles that are made to look at the shape of a thermal detonator, mm-hmm. although they don't look anything like a real thermal detonator, but the TSA isn't allowing them on planes. They, they they clarified their statement and said, yeah, as long as you empty it and take the cap off, it's fine. But people were trying to bring it with like the actual Coke and, you know, like unopened bottles, probably so they can sell them, um, trying to bring that through TSA. And it's like, no, you can't bring a freaking Coke through TSA. What are you thinking? Cash. The cash. <laughs> um, so if if you know, I had an amazing experience at Galaxy's Edge. It's on the YouTube channel, and hopefully, uh, they'll do the same justice to to Marvel stuff. Um, you know, it, it would be interesting because one of the biggest rides at that Marvel Land that they're planning, and I think it's called Avengers Campus. I think it's what they're calling the the land. Um, is a Spider-Man ride based on the MCU Spider-Man. Which, you know, given the news as of late, unless Sony and Marvel work something out, seems a little awkward that they're investing so much in a Spider-Man ride. But, you know, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Can you can you imagine Aaron uh, doing an interview with the guy who put that he was Doctor Strange on his resume for a year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in Sanctum. I, I did a lot of uh, people work. <laughs> <laughs> So, Paul, how much did that lightsaber cost you? Uh, you really want to know? I do. Because, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to – I am not an amusement park guy, but I am totally going to Galaxy's Edge. So let me clarify. Uh-huh. Here but, it comes. Yeah. Because it, 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 it's, it was $200. Yeah. Um, now, let me say, the, the lightsaber experience is not – you just you, – you can walk into any store and buy a lightsaber. You can walk into Target. These aren't those types of lightsabers. These are right. really high-end lightsabers. Um, on top of it, it's not just you go into a store and pick up a pre-built lightsaber. You, they, there's a whole experience that you're walking into a junkyard, essentially. and But it's actually an underground resistance supporter thing. And so everyone's an actor there in Galaxy's Edge. And so they, they take you into the back room and, you know, with a group of other people, they hand you what they call scrap metal. But they're actually lightsaber pieces. But you choose kind of you choose what kind of lightsaber you want to create there's kind of four different themes but a bunch of variations therein uh, so if you want a dark side lightsaber there's a whole different parts for that if you want to you know there like i said there's four different themes essentially um and from there you, you choose your parts they you choose the color of your kyber crystal and you kind of place your kyber it's really amazing technology because you put the kyber crystal inside the the pieces and it like lights up 
And it's like, how does that work? It's a freaking like plastic crystal, but I don't know. It's amazing technology. Um, and then, you know, you choose the pieces, you screw them on, you put them together, you snap them together. And then, um, you know, there, there's, you, you place it into the table to, to, for activation. And then you hear Yoda's voice come over the speakers and everything turns green. And it, it's like a, a, a 15, 20 minute show while you create your lightsaber. And uh, then they give you like a, and you know, then you light it up for the first time. And apparently you can choose red and blue and green and a whole bunch of different colors and purple. Uh, and then on the way out, you get like um like a carrying case for your lightsaber too. So Paul, what color did you pick? I went with blue. I, and I, does I, it have the uh, the sound chip in it? It does. It has the sound chip and it makes the noises when you hit it against stuff. Um, but is it you know, durable? Can you whack it against stuff? You can. It, it, it is pretty durable, but like, I mean, because I saw people doing it. You know, they had lightsaber battles and stuff out there when you know for D twenty three Expo. I just, oh. I'm like, well, I spent two hundred dollars on this. I really don't want to <laughs> yeah. whack it against things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because like, I googled like, how do I get replacement parts for my lightsaber? And like, there's nothing out there yet. So I'm, I'm being very cautious with it. Not that I have anyone to like go lightsaber fighting with, but. Um, but, but I mean, you could whack on Jen with it, right? No, I, I mean, I have. And there is, and there is the dog. <laughs> no, not the so, dog. Never the dog. I, re- <laughs> I remember the first time I saw one of these high-end lightsabers. I was at work, and it was a maintenance weekend, so it was uh, around 1 a.m. in the morning or so. And one of the guys is like, I got a lightsaber in my trunk. And so go out to the uh, the parking lot with very little lights out there and he lights this thing up and you hear the sound come on and it makes the sound as he moves it and then he whacks it against his hand a few times and it makes a hitting sound <laughs> the story All is right. much more innocent than i'm taking it well and i i'm waiting for the moment where wayne winds up in the trunk yeah and he whacked his <laughs> lightsaber against his all hand all three of us wanted that joke all yeah three I, I, I was I, like I, I mean, oh it, my god it, i want this it, it, my... it is it is a, a wayne tailored story <laughs> that you would say to a little girl hey i've got a puppy in my car yeah. <laughs> i've got a lightsaber in my trunk yeah. I just, I, ima- I just imagine Wayne's other coworker was disappointed because he thought he meant blow was in his trunk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have to say that was a bit of a social experiment to see which one of you would go for the uh, softball joke. Oh, all of, <laughs> all us, of us. All of us is the answer. Oh, so. <laughs> oh God. So good. Wayne's awkward confessions. <laughs> <laughs> it, it returns with the return of Tim. There you go. So uh, I guess we got a couple com- comics to talk about this week. Might as well. Uh huh. Well, I read I read one that I thought everyone was going to read. Shame <laughs> on me. Yeah. You know, Paul, I was actually in a brick and mortar comic book shop this week mm-hmm. uh, on New Comic Book Day, and I saw the great big honking physical book of Marvel Comics One Thousand, and I flipped through it, and it looks like an, a you know a decent book. Uh, but the cover price scared me off, and I did not buy it in print, nor did I buy it digitally. Is that how we got Tim back? Because I'm sure there's only like a couple comic book stores left in the country that are open. So <laughs> did you run into him at your brick and mortars comic shop? I did not see Tim, but I did hear a, a discourse about somebody's pull box at the front of the shop. So that could have been it's very possible. 
<laughs> just just like the uh, the sparrows in Capistrano come back. Paul is reminded that he made us buy that fucking Spaceman book. Oh, Spaceman. <laughs> All right, so, Paul, I want to hear about this $10 book that none of us were willing to buy. Well, I don't think he would have been a p- as pissed as Spaceman. Um, because there are good aspects to this book and bad aspects to this book. It is an 80-page book. Like the price. Yeah, <laughs> the price. Uh, so it is an 80-page book with 80 different stories. Uh, so each page is a new story. Uh, different artists. Um, a lot of them are written by Al Ewing, and there's there's kind of a throughput on, I'd say, a good half of the stories regarding uh, the Dark Avenger, one of Marvel's first heroes. Um, he was also known as, known as the Thunderer. It's all about the power within his uh, black mask, um, and so it, it's and it seems like it's setting up something that's coming in 2020. Uh, it, it, that the mask is made up of the power of the celestial eternity. Well, is eternity a celestial? No, he's just eternity. Correct. And so, you know, there, there's kind of a through thread about that, but there's a, a, a the other half of the stories are just kind of like one offs. Um, and each it, it goes through the each story represents a, a year in Marvel history. So, um, you know, they'll have for nineteen, for example. 1993 says uh, Wolverine and Punisher damaging evidence is published and it's a story about Wolverine and the Punisher 1992 Eric Larson becomes the regular artist of Spider-Man and it's a page drawn written and drawn by Eric Larson Uh, 1970 is Conan joins the Marvel line in Conan the Barbarian number one Uh, so it's a Conan page and so there's a bunch of you know there are it it is an uneven book Uh, is it worth $10 oh hell no (laughs) oh hell no I you know I, I I would have for five bucks I probably would have been fine but for ten bucks there wasn't enough here uh, you know I know it's supposed to be this this you know celebration and anniversary of Marvel Comics and and things like that and but you know this is now three for three of issue one thousands that I haven't really loved <laughs> if you go with action comics and uh, detective detective comics yeah well and that was kind of my thinking I mean. I think there was a legit reason to do a uh, number 1,000 special for detective and action. I appreciate that Marvel Comics has uh, had uh, characters that are now 80 years old. But let's keep in mind that Marvel Comics has not been in business for 80 years, right? I mean, because that was not a – the the books that claim uh, an 80th year – are not books that were published under the Marvel banner. And I, I think it's a little disingenuous, and I just think it's a money grab. And I, I so I saw less of a reason to participate in those. I have the Action Comics 1000 hardcover, um, and there are things I like about it. I think the cover art's terrible. Uh, but I tell you what, my experience with that prevented me from picking up Detective. Yeah, I will tell you these uh, all of these big books where they – you know, we're going to do this celebration it ends up being a whole bunch of stories where I like maybe one story out of the batch, two yeah. at most. Yeah. And I'm not willing to pay full price for those anymore. I yeah. miss the days where anniversary books had something important happen. Well, and can I point out that it wasn't all that long ago that an 80 page book came out and it was a buck, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and I get, I mean, inflation and whatnot, but it it is exceedingly overpriced uh, to charge ten dollars for that book. I don't disagree. 
So, you know, I, there apparently there is a Marvel Comics 1001 coming. I guess they're turning this into a miniseries or something. I will not be yeah. purchasing anymore. Yeah. Well, and, you know, while I was at the uh, brick and mortar comic book shop, uh, Austin Books down in Austin, Texas, um, I looked at that history of the Marvel Universe book um, that we read the first issue of. And that's a really nice looking book. I am totally buying that on sale on Comixology because it, it does it seem very much like the, you know, encyclopedia of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, it wasn't a really a cohesive story, but it was enjoyable. Yeah. So I got issue one, but I'm going to wait and buy the rest on sale. I wouldn't say enjoyable. It was interesting. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed myself reading it. But again, it's it's not a real story. It's a history book. And, yeah, there's there's no there's no continuing thread that I discerned in that first issue. It's just showing you where everything fits in the timeline. Again, you know, it's a lot of information that if I was running a, a Marvel superheroes role playing game would be great information to have. Yeah. You know, how many years has it been since you burned stole something? been a long time <laughs> it's been a long time you know you, you, us talking about comicsology sales reminds me uh we skipped an item on the uh the agenda i had a shame purchase this week shame okay paul and what? it wasn't marvel comics 1000 yeah well really. no because i didn't know that shame going in <laughs> oh you you knew this one i knew this one uh -huh. so i think marvel has a 50 percent off line-wide sale going on this week I don't know why it popped in my head, but it did. And so I bought it for 50% off. The trade paperback of Heroes Reborn Captain America. Oh, dear. From Jeff Loeb and Rob Liefeld. Oh, dear. With little feet, little bitty feet, and gigantic man boobs. Yes, that one. <laughs> I don't know why it popped in my head, but I'm like, huh. I enjoyed that when it came out. Let me reread it. So I haven't read it yet, but I purchased it last night for 50% off. I have not gone back and reread any of that stuff, but I remember at the time I liked some of those books. The Avengers I one was pretty terrible, but I honestly, I liked Captain America because, you know, Jeff Loeb read it. The, I liked the Fantastic story. Four. The, the Bucky story in the uh, Captain America was was not at all bad. Yeah. Yeah, and I like their big, I think it was the 12th issue that crossed over to all the books and was Galactus coming down to eat yeah. the Earth. I really enjoyed that, too. I mean, is the art very 90s? Sure. But honestly, the Fantastic Four still kind of holds up. Little bitty feet. You know, sometimes your nostalgia will lead you astray. That is correct. Well, but sometimes your nostalgia is right dead on. Are we talking about Absolute Carnage, Tim? We are talking about Absolute Carnage, Paul. All right. Well, I picked it up, obviously, because I remember Maximum Carnage. And I, 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 after the first issue, I decided to continue reading. Well, and Tim has read Absolute Carnage with me. Per your review on this actual podcast, I'm like, what? I loved Maximum Carnage. <laughs> I need to get this book. So, you know, Maximum Carnage was back, like, early 90s, right? And, uh... It was at the point it was like, man, Venom's cool and scary, but he's scary like a big angry football player. Scary, Carnage is like a force of nature. Scary, <laughs> and I'm like, that was always so badass when I was that young. And so I'm like, I'm picking up this book because I love I love that character. And this book did not disappoint, Paul. This yeah, book I was fucking amazing. 
I remember Maximum Carnage being one of my favorite video games on the uh, Sega Genesis too. Yeah, that was an awesome game. So Tim, I'm glad you picked it up. What'd you like about it? Oh, the art. Well, let's start with the art. The art kicked so much ass. In this yeah, book. Ryan Stegman is the artist on this book. Oh, it's it's beautiful. It. It's it's beautiful. It's creepy, like you'd want a like a Carnage book to be, like you know, tendrils and and teeth and and grim dark and zombies. It it was gravy. Um, I this is the first time I think I've ever read Miles Morales in a book because normally I, I I didn't read Ultimates and when he came to the Spider Verse, that's about the time I jumped off. But uh, he had the most badass moment in that book. Yeah, Carnage. Carnage is whomping, like just taking care of business, right? Nobody's touching him, and somehow Miles Morales sneaks up and just hauls off and knocks his face half off. And it was, oh, this book was good, Paul. Like it's it's a really good book, and you know, I, I I feel like I'm way behind on the title because there are things in here that I'm like, oh, when did that happen? For example, I mentioned this when we talked about issue one that the Maker is in this book. He, he's working with Venom, um, you know, the, the Reed Richards from an alternate universe. No idea when that happened or how, why it happened, but, you know, he, he's, he's a presence in this book, too. And he's, you know, he's, he's pretty significant to the story so far. Yeah, you know, and I, I wouldn't know. I didn't think, wouldn't think he'd have time to do that when he's pretending to be Professor X, but here he is. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Well, and apparently Norman Osborn got infected with the Carnage symbiote, and when it left him... Like it did damage to his brain, so Norman Osborn thinks he's Cletus Cassidy. Wow. Oh, is that what's going on? I thought he was just Norman Osborn being like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna ride with you until I get to stab you in the back." No, no. He he. Apparently, because he was so ingrained, like Carnage was so ingrained in him, like it wiped his memory of being Norman Osborn, and Norman thinks he's Cletus Cassidy. Hmm. And so, you know, when people call him Nor- Norman, he's like, "Wait, who?" You know. So it, it's. There, there's a lot plus because actual Cletus Cassidy is in this book. It's, yeah, it's a so cool I'm, book. I'm really thinking about getting the series because I picked up uh, last week the Absolute Carnage versus uh, Deadpool, and it was so good. Carnage apparently remembers that at some point Deadpool had four symbiotes bonded with him at the same time <laughs> because it's Deadpool. Yeah. And he's like, this is everything I need. I just need his spine. And the book is hilarious because the whole setup for it is it starts off with Spider-Man and Deadpool being chased by all of Spider-Man's villains because Deadpool tried to throw him a birthday party, but he doesn't know his secret identity. So he doesn't know when his birthday is and he doesn't know who any of his friends are, but he wanted to make sure there were people there that he knew. So he invited all of his enemies. I, I, you know, I haven't been. Re- I'm not reading any of the tie-ins. Um, I was tempted last night because I am enjoying the story so much. I'm like, uh, maybe I want to read some of the tie-ins. But you know, I, I, I thought wiser of it and and didn't do it and spent my money on Rob Liefeld Captain America instead. But um, yeah, I highly recommend at least the Deadpool one. Yeah, but if you have ever been a fan of Carnage, Absolute Carnage is it's totally up your alley. And the art by Ryan Stegman is like Tim said, it is amazing. It's everything I liked about Maximum Carnage without without the '90s campiness that I got when I reread Maximum. Carnage. Yeah, it's and it's very dark. Like it's very dark. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it is very befitting of of Carnage as a villain. 
So yeah, I, I highly recommend it as well. Awesome. Good, good opening book to come back to. Well, I can strongly recommend uh, Jonathan Hickman's return to Marvel Comics in uh, House of House of Ten, number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week's book. One of the things I'll say about the, this Jonathan Hickman uh, X Men series uh, is that every issue ends with an oh shit. And last week's, and I don't want to spoil anything because these, these books are coming out every week. Uh, I, 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 I did a complete, holy crap. And the thing that, that gets me is that these, these kind of oh shit moments in uh, House of Ten and Powers of Ten are so well thought. Jonathan Hickman is so smart. He is so, he has spent so much time, it feels like, considering the characters, their powers, their implications, and the problem, and how they interact with the problem. It just seems so very intelligent the way he's writing this book, where, I mean, that last panel of the last page of, of last week had me simmering in anticipation for this week's book. And this week's book did not disappoint. And again, I don't want to spoil anything, but I want to say that the artwork by Pepe Larraz is amazing. It's a gorgeous book. And every page is making sense. And one of the things that, that Paul, we talked about, I think it was an issue two of Powers of Ten, was that uh, the far future stuff wasn't making any sense. You know, that it was it was difficult to understand if uh, Moira McTaggart is doing all of this stuff in the X-Men present, uh, but it's not having any impact into the future. Well, last week's book explained that in very clear terms. And I, I, I am, I am thrilled with where this book is going. Yeah. I, you know, it, it wasn't clear in the first two issues, but it is now how these books yes. integrate as much as they yeah. do. Um, one thing that very much confused me is that I thought they were alternating, mm-hmm. but same here, but they're not, um, yeah. powers of powers of X or powers of 10, two and powers of 10, three came out week after week. And now house of X three and house of X four is coming out week after week. And then they'll alternate again. So it, it confused the shit out of me. Cause I'm like, God, I feel <laughs> like I missed an issue. I'm like, but it says I didn't. Um, yeah. well, I remember the, thinking that was weird when I saw it on the checklist. Yeah. They do give you a, I, uh, there, they dedicate an entire page to giving you the reading order. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it indicates, you know, here's the book you're on. Here's how the book you're on, in, you know, integrates with the other books, mm-hmm. um, which I find very helpful. I think it sucks that it's so far back in the book. Um, I think if it was going to be truly helpful, it would, uh, be at the front. you know, they yeah. have, it, well, it'd be on the cover like a, uh, like the old Superman shields used to be oh, yeah. on the uh, uh, Superman books. But of course they don't want to do that because they don't want to scare people off that, Hey, there's like nine other books you need to be reading. <laughs> yeah. See, here's my hesitation. What you, what you guys talked about and set up in, in both, both these books sounds good. I'm a little less interested in the one that's like the one where you get see glimpses in the future. So but it's like, all explained, though, and it makes sense. I mean, yeah. it, it took four or five books to get there of me going, I don't get it. <laughs> you know, really, I don't get this. And then it's like, oh, now I get it. Yeah, See, talk, I really don't like the part. Like, we're talking about five dollar 
buy buy monthly books, aren't we? Agree. Yeah. No, uh, I, I I completely agree. I imagine that this is going to be collected in one big collection, and that may be the way to yeah. read it. Yeah, the first book I dropped was the Far Future one because I just I don't like the Far Future stories like that. That at least not the X Men ones. I didn't at uh, first, but it, it for this in the third issue, um, you know, Powers of Ten number three, it 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 got me again. It, you know, it, I, I it sold me because I you know I don't like those those future storylines as well, especially since it felt so disconnected. And, you know, it felt like Hickman, the, the type of Hickman that I'm not a big fan of, mm-hmm. you know, that confusing, like, too smart for Paul Hickman. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, it, this this last, this third issue really hooked me on it. Oh, man, so good. I so made good. the decision of, I realized early on that this book just was not for me. And so I quit buying it. It has turned out to be my uh, first read on New Comic Book Day. I'm I'm enjoying it that much. Yeah, I I'm genuinely enjoying it, and you know, despite my confusion on the on the publishing order, it, it, it makes sense. Like Aaron said, if they had something on the cover or the first issue, I'd be much happier. I would have probably been less confused, but you know what they could do because they get they give you the uh, Krakatoan or Krakoan alphabet. This book, yeah, they could make that the uh, reading order on the cover. That way, newbies wouldn't be scared off, but it would encourage those of us who read it to learn a, the Krakoan alphabet so that we could track the order. That would be, that's what I would. Yeah. Just saying. I I would be into that. In fact, now I'm going back and looking at the cover to make sure that they haven't actually done that. (laughs) (laughs) Cause that seems like one of those things Jonathan Hickman would do, right? You would think so. Yeah. They didn't do that. (laughs) But totally, I, that makes absolutely sense that they should do that. Yeah. Well, we I am really enjoying it, uh, you know, and we are, I guess, right around halfway. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we just we just went halfway. So looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. Super good. You're halfway there, living on a dream and a prayer. Oh dear. <laughs> well, look, look what you've done. I know. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I didn't think I'd get a, a Wayne Bon Jovi joke, but I kind of like it. <laughs> it happened. Who knew? I mean, Wayne knows someone. <laughs> bon Jovi wasn't in a movie, though. Well, I guess he has been. Young Guns oh. 2, Paul. Eat a dick. <laughs> uh, quote of the week. <laughs> Young Guns 2, Paul. Eat a dick. Uh, not the show title. <laughs> so... <laughs> Batman Superman number one came out this week. Yes. And uh, with the uh, the team of uh, Williamson and Marquez, we've got uh, two alternate covenants, uh, one featuring uh, the Batman, one featuring the Superman, uh, both of which featuring half of a Batman who laughs. And let me tell you my big complaint about this book, Paul. Uh-oh. It is uh, brilliantly drawn. It's a gorgeous book. Oh, yeah. But hearing people refer to the bat guy as the Batman who laughs, reading Batman refer to the, 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 the bad guy as the Batman who laughs every time seems ridiculous to me. Yeah, I feel like they need a shorter way to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I just I, I just 
I, I, I like this book a great deal, but that part was irritating the living hell out of me. They couldn't call him Laughing Bat or something like that? Well, or just a nickname, a, you know, uh, <laughs> you got the BTK killer. Couldn't you, you know, abbreviate something for this guy? Yeah, Apparently B- not. BWL, yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> How about B-dub? <laughs> <laughs> like we're going for some wings? Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think we all read this book this week. That's crazy. Even yeah. Tom? Even Tom. Wow. So, well, Aaron, you, you, you haven't read the last... Well, you read House of Ten. Well, Tim, Tom, Ted, <laughs> what'd you Terry. think of Batman, Terry? <laughs> what'd you think of Batman Superman number one? Uh, again, we're going to start with the art, because <laughs> that's the easiest for me to, to, uh, to touch on. Uh, this is another beautifully drawn book. I uh, and I don't know which one of these two people did that. Williamson, Marquez, Sanchez—one of those people. It's uh, David Marquez, correct? Okay, David Marquez, good artist. I, I, I liked I liked the visuals. I liked everything uh, he was putting on the paper. Um, he, he worked with Superman Bendis on Marvel, actually. I think he worked Ultimate on the Defender Spider-Man. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he he's, the, Super- he's the original artist for uh, Miles Morales, if I'm if I recall correctly. He, well, what I'll say is he gives Superman kind of a very 1970s kind of old school look. You know, he's muscular, but he's not stupid, stupid muscular uh-huh. like you'll see in some of the other books. So I, I, I he's more, uh, yeah, it's a lot more like what you'd get from the, the 80s Superman uh, movies to me. And that was cool. I I, I, I thought that was that was a, that was a good differentiation from some of the other books uh, out there. Um, I fell for the hook at the beginning. <laughs> I was like, because I've been out of it so long. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, this has got to be a dream. Well, uh, and just just I don't want to spoil it too much, but to set it up, you're you're getting a scene of horror and betrayal in the first few pages, and it's like. I don't know what's going on, and eventually you f- you figure out figure it out, and you get into the story. I guess the one part I don't like is that you're about halfway through the book, and they're trying to figure out who's been uh, given. I'm just going to say the Joker term because I really don't understand. Um, and these the the Batman Superman who have been together now, uh, they're founding members of the Justice League. Are like, how do I know you're not possessed? Well, how do I know you're not possessed? I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> like, just say your mother's names were both Martha, and let's just get to the fucking story. We'll be <laughs> um, all that said, um, I Batman Superman, since we started the run on Funny Books with Aaron Pauly, it, when, when it's been out, has been pretty consistently a good book and i would say that this is a, this is a good uh a good restart of of that trend to me that'd be my opinion i i, ha- I don't know what you guys felt but that that's how i felt when i read it and i'm definitely looking forward to issue two so i didn't want to like this <laughs> because i don't like the batman who laughs stuff yeah yeah no, I, I agree i don't I didn't want to get Sue strung in on something that's going to be a big storyline over the next year or so. But I, it's Batman Superman, so I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, I'll hit on the art first. I love the art, and I loved little things like uh, that first beginning. I was able to get pick up a tell pretty quickly because Superman's costume is different. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's not the current Superman costume. It's more like the New 52 costume was. Right. Um, or at least it doesn't really even look like New 52, but it is just a different costume. So I like that there were little details like that on it. I felt like the voices were dead on. Like, this is what I, Superman and Batman, when you, when they're getting into their heads. I love the interaction with Gordon and particularly, you know, his comment of I'm usually alone now. That's Batman's move, not mine. I got a kick out of the comedy. And even though the uh, the ending was something I had seen in the preview pages, the ending was something that I had. It's what had sold me on the book is I love that idea of Billy. You saw the Batson. ending in the in the preview pages. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, were, they said uh, that it was Billy Batson in the preview pages. Oh, but, wow. Yeah, yeah, they ruined that. that they oh, didn't... wait, I got it. I got it. <coughs> Spoiler. That was one of the main reasons I even picked up the book was because I knew that, that that was coming. I expected that to be right early in the beginning. I didn't realize that they had given away something that could have been a big give. Yeah, see, at the I very end that. of the book. Yeah, I didn't know that. That was a huge surprise for me at the end of the book because I don't, I don't generally look at the preview pages. Yeah, so those are one of the things that really got me into buying the book to begin with. Yeah. And like I said I I came in not wanting to like it, but I really loved the book. I uh, I love the detail on the page where uh, you know because one of uh, one of what are the what is uh, the Batman who laughs call his Robins? He's got a name for him, doesn't he? The Robins who laugh. I think he just calls them the, the Robins who laugh. Yeah, I think he just calls them the Robins. Okay, well, so one of the Robins turns out to be Billy Batson. And so he shazams and turns into the Shazam who laughs, not to be confused with the Captain Marvel who laughs. Uh, yes, but he, yeah, yeah. And the, the way that this, you know, the Batman who laughs virus is transmitted is that there is some sort of toxin laced on batarangs that are constructed of nth metal. And if you recall that horrible miniseries, uh, uh, you know, DC's metal, is that what it was called? Yeah. Uh, you know, nth metal is uh, is really really hardcore kinds of stuff. Well, the the Shazam who laughs has a batarang with the Superman shield on it, and he's holding bat, uh, Superman down and is about to plunge this nth metal infected batarang into the Man of Steel. Tune in next time. Yeah, uh, cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, it was a great cliffhanger, and I love that art. And I, I it was a. Uh, uh, it was it was super good. I, I enjoyed this book a great deal, though. I, I do feel like, um, you know, a lot of the the way we tell the Batman Superman stories was laid out by Jeff Loeb a long time ago. Right. Yeah. You know, you've got that. You've got the Superman inner inner monologue and you've got the Batman inner monologue and it switches back and forth in the storytelling throughout the book. Part of me felt like um uh, Maybe we've moved past that, you know, in the last 20 years, and, and maybe there should should have been a, uh, a a change there. It just felt it, it felt old. You know, it did not feel current to me. See, that's an area I disagree with you on, Aaron. That's something I wanted out of the book. That's something I always liked about the Batman Superman books was that inner monologue of the two to show their, you know, their differences. And I, I don't get you know, I, I I can understand why you might like that. It just felt more nostalgic to me than 
than maybe the best way to tell that story. It's like the rules, right? I guess it's like a core a core competency or whatever of writing a Batman Superman book is this is how you write it because it is uh-huh. it has been consistent in every Batman Superman book or even every book where they guest star guest star in each other's yeah. books. That's how it's written. I see right. what you're saying. I like anyway. It. I, all in all, I enjoyed it a great deal. Which you know, I gotta say, I'm, I'm gonna be honest here. I'm surprised that you guys liked this book. I liked it, but mm-hmm. I, the reason I'm surprised is that as a first issue, I felt it was not a great first issue. Um, in that it's basically continuing a story that's that was in the Batman Who Laughs. It's continuing a story from Metal that none of us really cared for. Um, you know, so it, it it's. It's just a continuation and setup for for other things. Uh, so as a first issue, it's not like it's not its own thing. It didn't feel like its own thing to me, but it's you know tied into things that none of you guys are reading. But the fact that you enjoyed it actually surprises me. I enjoyed yeah, it. Paul, but... Having not read the Batman Who Laughs or Metal, I think it did a good job of explaining it. Mm-hmm. And that scene in the beginning did a good job of basically laying out who the Batman who laughs is. Yeah, true. Instead of telling you, just showing you, Mm -hmm. I think did a lot. It was very much an ego Montoya. Let me tell you, no time. Let me sum up. (laughs) (laughs) It was very good. Well, you know what was not good this week? Aaron, I did did not like Superman number 14. You know, Superman number 14 uh, had some problems, I felt. It felt like after we have gone... Essentially, so 14 issues of Rogel's are in Superman uh-huh. on top of the six issues of that man, maybe four issues of the Man of Steel that led into this. Uh-huh. Uh, so now we're 18, at least 18 issues, maybe 20 issues of Rogel's are just for the character to be taken out off screen. Not including what's gone on in the Supergirl books, right? Yeah, I mean, because there's a lot of Rogel's are shit over there, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've this was we've had over a year of Rogel's R stories since Bendis came on board DC comics. We've had Rogel's R stories and this more than anything convinced me that Rogel's R was the story he was going to tell to keep us busy while he worked on the real stories he was going to tell because, you know, he, he has been working on his Legion of superheroes story for ever since he got over to DC and they gave him a full year to prep that. Um, he, I I feel like the books that Bendis is actually passionate about are Legion, Event Leviathan, and Naomi, and and Action Comics, I would say. Um, I feel like that's what he's focused on, and I feel like all we have been doing over here is it's kind of like the magic show before the, uh, the real performer comes out. It's the opening act just to keep us busy because, you know (laughs) – all of a sudden, everybody decides, okay, we're going to beat the shit out of Rogelzar, and we're going to you know, put him in a jail cell, and we'll deal with Rogelzar later on. That's the ending. That's, That's the, the ending. ending to the Rogelzar story. Yeah. For and now. Basically off screen, right, is, yeah. is what yeah. happens. Now, there are good things that came out of the storyline, which is Superman and Zod reconciling. Um, I thought that was actually – I actually have enjoyed that piece of the storyline. Um, but essentially, which, what's revealed in this issue is this entire Rogelzar thing – was set up for Legion of Superheroes. Uh-huh. Was set up for Unity Day. That uh-huh. is the start of the future that you see in Legion of Superheroes and them um, coming and offering Jonathan Kent a spot on the team. That is that is exactly what all this has been leading up to. Which, I'm not disappointed in that. I'm disappointed in the way Rogels are wrapped up. Yeah. So, uh, what did they say in the book? August 18th is Unity Day? Yeah. 
Um, seems like this should have been a book that came out on, I don't know, August 18th, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as opposed to after it. So we could all celebrate unity day, yeah, but no, I'm going like that to gather that that's going to, yeah, that I'm going to gather that that's going to be a big DC thing going forward. Oh yeah. They'll give yeah. out like pins or flight rings uh-huh. or something like flight that. Flight rings. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping for a flight ring. Yeah. But you know, I'm excited about the Legion story, but one of the things that bugs me about the Legion story and this should surprise absolutely no one, is that we have spent the last year with Jonathan Kent being off stage, mm-hmm. right? He he has been off with uh, Grandpa Jorel and, you know, comes back, you know, uh, that he is aged, right? He is he's no longer, you know, little prepubescent Jonathan, Jonathan Kent. He's now, you know, full on 17 year old Jonathan Kent. And now we're going to take him off stage again and put him over in Legion of Superheroes. And, yeah, we're going to get Legion of Superhero stories, but we're not going to I assume we're not going to get Jonathan Kent in the 21st century stories. And I'm I'm sorry. I really enjoy my Superman family books. Yeah, I just don't think Bendis likes writing a family. I don't think that he – I think he he saw the Kents where they were. He looked at what Jurgens was doing, and he's like, yeah, that's nice. It's not what I want to do. And part of me respects that, that he he laid down what he wanted to do. But I just feel like we've abandoned some great storylines. And with Connor Kent back, I don't understand why you've got two characters essentially the same age that are essentially – the same power set, other tactile tele- telekinesis for Superboy. But it, it, if you had Jonathan Kent as preteen and you had Superboy as, uh, you know, Superboy uh, uh, Connor Kent as, uh, you know, teenager, it seems like they can tell two different kinds of stories. Yeah, but I guess this that's how they are like doing it, it, right? I mean, I, they're they're taking one off the table in the present day. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, I if it gets me Connor Kent out of that horrible Young Justice book uh, and over to uh, to uh, you know something that I want to read because that Young Justice book is terrible, um, you know maybe that works out for me. But I I, I like are the they, idea. Of, are they going to do that or are they going to keep Connor Kent over in that Young Justice? I book? think that's exactly where he's going to stay. Yeah, which none of us are. Re- Wayne, you're not reading that, are you? No, I dropped that after like yeah. one. I think I gave it a second issue. Because I wanted to see what was up with Connor Kent, and they didn't explain anything, and so I dropped it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you mentioned the Action Comics books. I'm a couple issues behind, but I do know there's a character from Action Comics who's going to be going to the Legion of Superheroes book with Jonathan. Um, oh God, I got to tell you, I I got so mad at the, on the last page of Action Comics this week because I have gone out of my way, Paul, out of my way to avoid uh, Bendis's Naomi book. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Naomi shows up on the last page of Action Comics pissed me right off. <laughs> and she's going to be in the next issue. And I'm like, God damn it. So who is Naomi? Because this is the first I've heard of her as you guys talking about her now. She is a character that uh, Bendis created for DC. She isn't tied to any uh, ongoing uh, superhero family. So she's not a member of the Bat family. She's not a member of the Superman family. You know, nobody else. She is she is wholly original, whole cloth, and uh, that's all I know about her. But I wasn't interested. There wasn't anything about that Naomi book that looked like fun to me, that looked like it was something that was going to be interesting to me. I'm sure it appeals to somebody. But God damn it. I'm just so annoyed that now I've, if I'm going to continue reading action comics, 
and understand what's going on because they've tied it into the storyline. I got to pick up that the, the damn next issue. Well, hopefully not. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need to get caught up on Action Comics, and we'll talk about it when the next issue comes out. I did really enjoy Action Comics this week. I just got really upset about the last page. Yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah. Well, next week in comic stores, quite a quite a big week. Um, so, Amazing Spider-Man Going Big is a one-shot coming out next week, written by Jerry Conway and Eric Larson, with art by Mark Bagley and Eric Larson. Uh, so, it's kind of a, one of those Marvel 80-year uh, anniversary one-shots, um, but, you know, featuring two of my favorite Spider-Man artists, I will very, very likely be picking this up. Um I'm on the fence because it's probably going to be a high-priced book that is five dollars. At least it's not ten bucks. It's five okay. bucks for five dollars. I'll give it a shot because I agree with you. I like the artists and I like the idea of Conway being back on the book, even for just a short story. Yeah. Uh, also for Marvel, we have House of Ten issue four coming out, um, and uh, a book called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is based on the new Jedi Fallen Order video game. I'm, I might flip through it, see how it looks. Uh, from DC Comics, we have Batman versus Ra's al Ghul, the new series or the new miniseries written and drawn by Neil Adams. So you know it's not going to be good. <laughs> um, we have a one shot, Deceased: A Good Day to Die, which is a, a tie into the Deceased story, but kind of tells uh, a story of other heroes not part of the main storyline. Uh, it features Mr. Terrific, Mr. Miracle, Big Barda, John Constantine, Blue Beetle, and Booster Gold. Uh, all, but it is written by Tom Taylor, uh, the, the main writer of Deceased. So I, I'm going to pick that one up. Also from DC Comics, we mentioned it earlier, Doomsday Clock number 11 finally comes out. The next no. to last issue. Yep. No. Yeah, it's it's apparently, or it's out, it's been printed so it's going to happen. And then in, in time in, for Tom's return. Yes. <laughs> um, also, Justice League issue 31. Lois Lane number three. Uh, Superman up in the sky issue three, uh, which features the reprint of that Lois Lane, that controversial Lois Lane death story that pissed people off from Target or from Walmart. Um, and we mentioned it uh, earlier. Legion of Superheroes. Uh, Millennium, issue one, from Byron Michael Bendis and a whole slew of artists comes out. And finally, from Image Comics, for anyone who's reading Spawn, Spawn issue 300 comes out next week uh, with from uh, Todd McFarlane, Scott Snyder, J. Scott Campbell, Greg Capullo, Jerome Opeña, um, Jason Sean Alexander, um, a bunch of writers and artists on the book. Uh, it, it is at once it hits issue 301, it'll be the most issues of an independent title ever. Um, so it's it's going to be a big deal. Very exciting. So, uh, Terry, have we uh, scared you off of the show? Are you going to be back next week? I mean, if 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 the scan badge still works, sure. <laughs> We're gonna have to have somebody badge you in. I, uh, you know, you, you we we have to get you through your probationary period before we can issue a badge. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just saying. Sense. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a security thing. It's a security thing. All right, guys. Well, you know, it was nice to have uh, the new guy on the show. 
and uh, always nice to talk to uh, Paul and Wayne. And uh, we'll see you back next week. Now, Paul. Yes. You got Halloween Horror Nights next week. Well, it depends. I should what have Halloween that? Horror Nights week next week, oh, but Hurricane Dorian, Dorian uh, is either going to hit Florida or it's going to come up the coastline towards me. Um, uh, so we'll see. So you might be dead. <laughs> you could, it could be Zombie Paul next week. It could be. Uh, but if I'm not on the podcast, it's because I was able to, well, I'm dead, or I was able, <laughs> ma- able to make it to Halloween Horror Nights. I'll let you know. There are a couple of different circumstances. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you'll have to stay tuned for that. Check us out next week right here on iomgeek.com where you can give us a call at 972-763-5903 that number again 972-763-5903 and if we use your voicemail on the show you'll win a coveted valuable ideology of madness surprise or you might get to talk to uh our new intern terry who is answering the phones this week Well, and you can also hit us up on social media, IOM Geek on Instagram and Facebook and at Ideology Madness on Twitter and YouTube.com slash Ideology of Madness. Woohoo. Check you guys next week. Bye. And maybe, maybe we'll talk to Paul. Maybe. Hi, everybody. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit MarkAndrewPope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.